Once again, it's time for And Now the Good News, a weekly exploration of the good news happening in the world. Hi, I'm your host, Reverend Robert Brzezinski, and each week I explore and share the stories of hope and love and inspiration that have caught my eye in the past week. We'll explore exactly how we can create a world that works better for everyone. So get ready, it's time. And now, the good news. And hello again, dear ones. Reverend Robert with you here. Episode number 60 of And Now the Good News, that weekly look at the good news stories that remind us we really are creating a world that works better for everyone. Big story this week, Unilever announces it'll spend a billion dollars basically to clean up its cleaning products. And it's going to do that by 2030. Now, if you're not familiar with the name, Unilever is one of the world's largest manufacturers of cleaning and laundry products. Uh, They have a goal by 2039 to be net zero emissions from their products. And this move is a giant step away from the fossil fuel industry. Now, oftentimes, the products that this company creates uses more fossil fuel and uh, oil-based chemicals than the packaging that it goes into. And we often think the plastic packaging is the tough, is the worst part of it. Now, sometimes the products have even more. So this is a real big step in Unilever's uh, initiative and their uh, promise to, uh, to move in a more sustainable way. They want to ensure that they have a net zero carbon emissions by 2039, They want to have a deforestation-free supply chain by 2023, zero greenhouse gas emissions from their own operations by 2030, making their formulas, their product formulas biodegradable by 2030, and using half of the virgin plastic that they already use uh, by 2025, and then reuse at least 25% recycled plastic in their packaging also by 2025. So good work, Unilever. Thank you for leading and taking a step in corporate responsibility to get rid of some of this plastic and move us off to fossil fuels. And even some of the companies that have a tough background, folks, or a tough history can get it right sometimes. McDonald's is one of them, and you've heard me criticize McDonald's. But this one, uh, over in the UK, they will begin testing a new system of reusable, returnable cups. Uh, small. There will be a small uh, fee or deposit on the cup. However, they're partnering with others around the UK so that you don't have to return to a McDonald's to get your deposit back. Companies called Loop and uh, Loop and McDonald's are taking inspiration from Germany's Recup, and the whole idea is that they will have receptacles in gas stations, convenience stores, supermarkets, places like that. So wherever you end up with your McDonald's cup, there's going to be a place for you to re- recycle it, to put, send it back. And then they will sterilize that cup, send it back to a restaurant, and somebody else will get it. Maybe you'll get it. Not all, not all big companies are that bad. And even some of the worst companies from... Uh, polluters perspective from an environmental environmental perspective are getting on the game and starting to make some changes oil giants the big gas companies we're talking about shell bp uh, chevron 
they're all starting to embrace electric charging stations. Well, actually, they're all kind of gobbling up the electric charging station companies. So not sure if this is a good news story or not, uh, but it definitely looks like there's going to be a lot more charging stations across the planet thanks to these new initiatives and these big oil companies. I think they see the writing on the wall. Uh, maybe they will be uh, recognized. They can make more profits doing other things than oil. We'll see. Shell, BP, Chevron, it's a step in the right direction. Let's keep going that way, all right? And for a hard transition, this story comes from an oil rig in Thailand, off the coast of Thailand. They're actually uh, 135 miles off the coast. An oil rig worker looked down one day, and what did he see hanging onto the edges of uh, the structure but a dog? Nobody's really sure how this... this brown dog, this fuzzy pup, got there. Uh, they took him quite a bit to save the dog from from the wa- waters. So they were afraid he was going to get white, washed back out to sea. Uh, he, there's a video here, and there's video imagery that they took when they were making the rescue. Uh, they got the dog to land. The guy, the gentleman on the crew that had seen him originally said, "If nobody else claims him, I want to adopt him." Uh, no one else claims him. He adopted the dog. And now he's got a new dog in his family. Great work out there. I love the human spirit. And I love knowing that no matter what's going on, somebody's coming up with a grand new idea. And people are looking out for each other, whether it's humans we're looking out for or our furry pet creatures. So, uh, again, one of those great stories. Here's a good story coming out of Germany. A German startup company has taken the idea of creating energy by wind, but without using big windmills and big towers. How might they do that? Well, they hook up a bunch of generators to a kite. Kite craft, they hit a major milestone back in June. They have a seven-foot kite prototype. It completed a, a flight, and they use a figure-eight motion to this flight to help provide the winds, uh, keep everything moving. And uh, the videos, the video is pretty cool. The the idea is really cool. The video is a little boring, uh, but the uh, but the idea is really cool that you'd be able to put these kites up in the air and they generate power, and then you can bring them back down to a station. Uh, I don't see anything here if the power is actually transmitted down the tether or not. Uh, but uh, you know, we we. If we go back to the early days of Benjamin Franklin discovering electricity, supposedly, with a kite and a key, well, here we are now with kites and generators harnessing the power of the wind. Wow. Kind of a computer with wings is what it looks like. And it never stops. There are always new ways to... Uh, use our natural resources in a way that don't have to hurt the environment, that don't have to hurt the planet. This one's another story coming out of Arizona. Uh, uh, This is all in early stages. And a company, Zero Mass Waters Source Hydro Panels. Here's what they're doing. They're using the power of the sun to evaporate water and create water out of thin air. 
We've reported on this type of story as well in the Far East and in other parts of the world. This is happening here in the United States. There's some grants going on. Uh, they won't tell us exactly how it all happens because it's all kind of proprietary and secret. And uh, But they're creating water out of thin air. And they say that it could be could very well be scalable. A standard two-panel array produces four 10-liter bottles of water each day and has 60 liters of storage capacity. Each panel lasts for 15 years and utilizes solar power and a small battery to enable water production. As for the quality of the water, it exceeds the standard of every country where the water systems have been deployed. Seems like there might be another solution here, right, folks? Water out of thin air. Think of all the desert and arid scapes across our planet, and there's more of those coming. No, no question that our climate is changing. And we're going to need more and more of these innovative ways to utilize that change and move it in our benefit. This is another one that might just do that. In Montreal, there's a building that has become the largest... Uh, outdoor rooftop gardening, rooftop solar house, uh, greenhouses. And they say that it could produce close to 2% of Montreal's food supply even in the winter. That this one building alone could feed up to 2% of the city's population even in the winter months. Lufa Farms, launched in 2009, have a number of rooftop gardens. The latest addition is uh, built atop their own distribution center, 160,000 square feet, about the size of three football fields. And they're growing 100 different varieties of fruits and vegetables and all hydroponically. Big steps, big movements. Let's turn the rooftops of all these buildings into greenhouses. Enough food. We sure are getting rid of putting buildings on all of our traditional farmland. We're going to have to grow somewhere. And it's that kind of repurposing that actually excites me as well. Here's a story I've been thinking about for a few years now. and It's finally showing up in the news. In Branson, Missouri, there was an old Days Inn hotel. Four stories, you know, walkways on the outside, all of that. It's been vacant for over eight years, just sitting there. Well, a Los Angeles-based construction company came in, purchased the product, retrofitted everything, went in, fixed everything up, and now they're small studio and one-bedroom apartments, low-income housing. That's one of the biggest short concerns right now in America as it is. Not enough reasonably priced, low- and moderately-incomed housing. Well, here they say these uh, one-in-studio and one-bedroom apartments in Branson, Missouri would rent for between five and seven hundred dollars, uh, which is one of those sweet spots for the people for people that most need transitional housing. Uh, it's not a motel room. Pictures here make it look a lot nicer than a, a, a motel room. Uh, and they had to break down some walls and redesign the building to allow for bigger units than just a standard hotel room or a standard motel room. Congratulations. This is another great, great story of how we can and how we are changing the world. Moment by moment, idea by idea. And our next story is a gentleman named Christian Bag. Uh, he was injured in a snowboarding accident, had a spinal injury, 
was unable to uh, paralyze from the waist down, unable to get out and do the things he did. And is often the case, this drove him to innovation and he's created an all-terrain recumbent bicycle uh, that is also uh, an electric bicycle, so it's powered. They make one that you can push if somebody else can push if necessary. Uh, but wow, uh, what an amazing, amazing experience. And uh, there's some pictures here and a little bit of video as well. I'll let you take a look at that. It tells you a lot more than I have time for. Check it out. I'll leave links to all these stories and more over on our in the show notes for this program. And as you know, I find most of these stories over at the goodnewsnetwork.org. And you can find these stories there as well. All right, our final story of the day. We didn't have a COVID story today, so here is one. Two-thirds of Americans believe they have become a better person this year. Now, the study was over was of 2,000 people, uh, Americans all over the age of 21, and they looked at the positive changes that have come from these times. The results revealed that 55% of respondents were a bit embarrassed by some of the things they valued before the quarantine, and after months at home, 70% uh, said they had a chance to learn more about themselves. We become better people when we slow down and start caring for other people. Great, great news. There's all kinds of other statistics here uh, and things that people took for granted uh, that they're no longer taking for granted. 52% of the respondents said spending quality time in person with family or friends is even more important now than they used to take that for granted. 41% uh, said they used to take hugs for granted a relaxing walk in the park, a date night at a restaurant, shopping in stores, attending events, and all these things we took for granted. And now uh, we appreciate them a lot more. There's also 